0: Many thanks to the OneTrust team for their support.
1: As artificial intelligence continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation that we can't ignore AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. With over 750 specialized hackers in their community, HackerOne isn't just theorizing; they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So, whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large organization, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com/slash/AI-safety-security again. HackerOne.com slash AI dash safety dash security.
0: Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocket FM twenty four. That's pork porkbun, P O R K B U N dot com forward slash rocket FM twenty four. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This podcast is brought to you in part by Earth Class Mail, making your snail mail as convenient as email. Go to earthclassmail.com forward slash rocket for an exclusive discount.
2: Welcome to the Rocket Ship Podcast. I'm Matt Goldman.
3: And I'm Joelle Goldman. Today we talked with Alex Berman, the Chief Marketing Sumo at Inspire Beats. What'd you think, Matt?
2: It was great to talk to Alex all about cold emailing. They've sent over a million cold emails promoting their own business, and they had some great tips on how to keep deliverability high and get open rates from a lot of people.
3: Yeah, it's really great to hear those tips that help make those emails more effective because we've all sent them and we've all spent a lot of time trying to perfect them. And there's some really simple things you can do that they've figured out um, through sending a million of them that are really helpful. So uh, great tips in this one. Let's get into
2: it. Wistia is a video hosting platform built specifically for business. If you're using video as a part of your marketing strategy, you need to be able to measure its impact. Wistia is helping over 175,000 businesses do just that, with premium video hosting, lead generation tools, and in-depth video analytics. For more about Wistia, visit wistia.com forward slash Rocketship.
3: Hey Alex, welcome to the show.
2: Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me on.
3: Um, so tell us a little bit about InspireBeats and what you're doing there.
4: Sure. So InspireBeats is an all-in-one lead generation solution for software-as-a-service startups. Basically what that means is we find, uh, if you're a founder, we find you customers, find you the right people, and then we get your salespeople in front of them uh, so that they can sell. And what I do there is I'm the chief marketing sumo. So for the last two years, we've been building our business based only on sending cold emails to people. We've sent over a million cold emails, and now I'm I'm on board now to uh, do more brand building to get our name out there uh, and make sure people have heard of us before we send the emails out.
3: That's crazy! A million cold emails. What What made you guys go that route and like stick so hard to it?
4: Well, we've always believed in doing doing your core skill set to build a business, right? InspireBeats sends cold emails. That's what we do. We lead gen and, and we send emails. So if we weren't using that to build our own business, it would feel a little forced. Uh, you see it a lot in in services industries, like marketing companies that sell pay-per-click and don't do pay-per-click to build their business. Like, we didn't want to be another company that did something like that.
2: So how do you guys generate leads for such different types of companies? Because it seems like the approach would you know, be different for everybody.
4: Yeah, of course. So you're, you're right. The, the approach is different for everybody, but that's something that we really pride ourselves on, uh, nerding about how to find the certain uh, indicators that'll point you in the right direction, like that'll prove that somebody wants your service. Uh, For instance, if, let's say someone is a web development company and they want to find web development clients, you can use a free tool uh, like builtwith.com to search sites that are using WordPress and find all the sites that are using WordPress and then be able to pitch them on on your service to see if if they want a custom website instead. Uh, We have another client who um, only wants to do uh, sales to conferences. So we're able to scrape conferences and basically find organizers, uh, and find their contact information so that this client can then reach out to those conferences.
2: And what's the process look like for getting contact information once you identify a good, for example, conference or business that you want to go after? How do you find it when it's not on the website?
4: Yeah, of course. Okay, so there are a bunch of good guides online uh, for how to guess an email address, but I'll just break it down right now. Um, There are a bunch of free tools you can use. One that used to work really well is Reportive. You still might be able to get some luck out of it. Um, Otherwise, Gmail has a built-in thing now. Uh, If you go into Labs, you can find it. Um, But basically, guessing is is the easiest way to find an email address. So let's say somebody is working at a startup, Um, particularly if the company is under 25 employees. All you have to do is, uh, most of the time, the email is just first name at domain.com. But otherwise, you can just break it down. Like, what what could their email be, right? It's either, like, if you're targeting Google, Sergey Brin, it's either going to be Sergey.brin at google.com, sbrin at google.com, Sergey at Google. So you use a tool like Reportive, list out all of the different iterations you can think of, highlight each one, and one of those iterations, uh, you'll know it's correct because in your tool, it's going to show you uh, social media profiles for the right email address. And for all the other email addresses, it won't have any profile. And so that's a really easy way to do it, just guessing.
2: And how do you know who to go after at the company? So it really depends
4: on who your decision maker is. Uh, if, you're, if you're a SaaS company, um, you usually have a really good idea of who, who, you're, um, who you should go after. For instance, um, but sometimes it's surprising. For instance, in a 25-person company, it's usually still the founder that has all the power, right? So you can try all you want going after, let's say you're selling a tool to... Uh, you know uh, the tech team. You can try all you want going after the CTO or the um, the tech directors, but really the decision maker is going to be the going to be the uh, the founder. So most of the time for startups, it's just targeting the founder. Otherwise, if you're going after a huge enterprise company, it takes a little bit more research because you have to find exactly which vertical in the enterprise company you want to go after and break down who the decision maker is in there. Uh, but for those, uh, LinkedIn works surprisingly well.
3: So are you guys? Would you say that you're more of a product or a service or some kind of hybrid? Because it sounds like there's a mix of scraping that's going on and then just kind of human-powered guessing and trial and error.
4: Yeah. So right at the very beginning, like when we first started, uh, InspireBeats was pure SaaS. It was just a tool that we would send people and be like, use this, get get all the leads you want. And we were having trouble uh, selling it. And the reason was because every client we would do a demo of the tool, just wanted us to send them the lead, so we pivoted to like a it's a service, productized service is, is what it's called where basically we have the tool and then we combine it with a bunch of manual stuff on the back end to find the right leads
3: and then what about um, approaching people once you have the lead so you guys have done over a million cold emails you've learned a lot during that time I'm sure um, what kind of tips can you give on getting someone to actually read what you send them?
4: Yeah. Um, So we actually learned a a bunch sending these million cold emails because we failed a lot at first. Um, And the biggest win, if you're just going to do one thing different in your cold emails, uh, is make sure you have a solid subject line. Um, And the, the easiest template that we found is found you through and then somebody's name, like found you through referral. And if you don't have any referrals, um, if you want, I can go into how you can fake a referral. Sure. Cool. So, like, let's say you're going after General Electric and you don't know anyone there. So, ideally, you'd want to go and you'd search uh, some somebody that you do have in common uh, or, like, a web development firm or someone that's worked with GE. And you're able to – and basically, you just search them on LinkedIn, find a name – and so let's say you find somebody at GE whose name is like Greg Kinnear, right? So your subject line then would say, found you through Greg, or would love to work with GE, found you through Greg Kinnear. And then when your prospect opens the email, in the email, you just have a line that says, hey, I found you through Greg Kinnear while searching on LinkedIn. So basically, you get them to open the email, and you're able to super, be super honest in the email about the introduction uh, once they open the email. But you still get that open, which is the most important part. Of, uh, of sending cold emails out, getting them to open it.
2: Why do you think that subject works good for you? Um,
4: any sort of subject line where you're calling out somebody that they might know or uh, something that you guys have in common shows the prospect that, um, that you're not a robot, right? Uh, a lot of people, the reason it works so well, I think, is because it's so different from what everyone else is doing. Most people, and I'm sure a lot of your founders can relate, when they go out to send cold emails, they'll write what they think is like the perfect script, uh, go out, maybe hire a VA or find like a thousand names that they should send it out to, go into a Google Doc or go into MailChimp and just blast out the same email to all a thousand people, right? No customization, or if, it, or if they do have customization, it's going to be a customized name and maybe that's it, um, a lot of times, people won't go through the trouble to customize the subject line. So, if you're able to, so what what we were able to do is customize it, and I think it's it's led to a much higher open rate
2: because of that. How do you find people to work with that can do this kind of research, um, who are cost effective but also reliable?
4: How do we find people that can do this type of research? So, a lot of it is um, is training. I know our so our best sales guy right now his name's David. Um, and he trained from, uh, from nothing to sending cold emails. And basically what we did is we started him out on 150 cold emails a day, uh, for weeks. And it, we found that it was too much, uh, cause he burned out. And then we, um, so then we had to restart him down from 10 cold emails a day and then just keep ramping him back up. But it's, it's all just a process of learning. Like you, uh, you send one email or not one, you send 150 emails, uh, you get, responses to some of them, you get non-responses to other ones, and then, and then you learn based on the template. Um, it goes back to uh, writing custom emails and not
2: using a template. And how do you maintain deliverability when you're sending out so many emails?
4: So that's actually a really good point. Um, a lot of times, or some people will think, uh, oh, I can't send out a bunch of emails because I'll get stuck by the Can spam law, or these emails won't get delivered, that kind of thing. Uh, What we're able to do is you can get around canned spam if you have a certain percentage of the emails customized. So a good email, a good cold email template we've been able to use is that personalized subject line that we talked about and then some super custom sentence to start the email off. Like, hey, I found Rocketship.fm. You guys uh, have interviewed like a bunch of my favorite people. I really like the Dan Martell interview. Then you do your pitch for your service. Um, so let's say in this example, I'm a podcast uh, audio editor. Um, you know, hey, my my name's Alex. I'm head editor at this company. It's I love the quality of your podcast, but I feel like the editing could use a little bit <clears throat> of help. Uh, I've been in, I've been editing for you know five years. Then call to action can be the same for everyone else or for every single person. If that sounds or does that sound interesting to you? Question mark. Thanks, Alex. And then P.S. Uh, is the other part you customize. Throw in something like super specific to the person you're reaching out to, which you can find on their social media. So, P.S. I saw you had uh, a Pomeranian. Uh, I had one as a kid. Was, <laughs> just something like that, something super specific to them. So the way you—short answer is the way to get around canned spam is to customize an email.
3: So let's talk a little bit about the growth of Inspire Beats through. Uh, eating your own dog food. You've been sending out these cold emails. Um, You've altered the way you kind of run the company by adding in the human powered element. What have things looked like for you over the past few months?
4: So since we're in a software as a service company, um, every client that you get is basically recurring revenue forever until they, until they leave. And our clients have been really good about sticking around for a very long time. So, Basically, it's just been explosive growth. Uh, We have our guy David uh, sending out 150 cold emails every single day, Um, and we're seeing about a two to three percent appointment book rate, which is a similar book rate that we get for all of our clients. So you can kind of extrapolate from that how um, how the growth's been.
3: That's an interesting point. What, how would you benchmark a good open rate on on your outreach efforts?
4: So I wouldn't benchmark a good open rate. I wouldn't benchmark a good um, reply rate either. The only number that really matters is how many of your emails end up with an appointment on the calendar. Uh, so 2 to 3% is a good one to go for. Um, if you customize your, your subject line, you should see open rates around 30%, 40%, maybe higher. And then um, a response rate of you know, 20% it would be amazing. Uh, but a positive response rate in an appointment book of 2 to 3% is a good benchmark.
3: Cool. So you guys have been hitting that?
4: We've been hitting that. We've been doing a little bit better for us than that. And then we've been hitting that for almost every single one of our clients also.
3: That's awesome. And what kind of um, clients are you mainly working with? Like, Do you have a an industry where you see this working really, really well?
4: So the industry... Uh, that it works the best in is any sort of software as a service startup that's selling to businesses. So anyone who has a clear target market that they're going after um, recurring revenue um, and a customer lifetime value that's I'd say over, over like a thousand or $2,000, not even that high um, would be a really good fit for us. And that's where we've seen the most success. Um, And that includes teams of all sizes. Like some of our clients only have one founder and they're doing all the work. Whereas we're also working with startups that have fifty plus employees, so it, that really works for um, for everyone.
3: At what point does it make more sense to devote a lot of time to cold emailing? That's something we've struggled with in the past. When um, in the early days, when it was just Matt and I, and we had limited hours in the day, and this can be really time consuming trying to write like really personal intros, researching people. Um, each email really took. Kind of a lot of time to craft. And at a certain point, it was like, you know, is this the best use of my time if I can be doing more of a one to many type thing? Um, how would you suggest a smaller company go about something like that?
4: So I would suggest if they're a smaller company doing what we do and um, doing one to many after you actually have a product and established customers. It's a lot easier to do one to many once. Um, once I'm able to tell these stories and once we have like a whole client base, than it would be if we were just starting out and we had nothing. So cold emails, I would, I would recommend you start immediately. Um, for you guys, when it, when it's a time thing, if you have more time, like it, it, I know there were so many like polls on your time, right? Like you can do Facebook ads, you could do um, SEO, like all of this stuff, content marketing, cold emailing though, it's it's different than all those other channels because you send, you know, let's say you send 10 emails and you get one response That's a guy that's going to be very interested in um, in using your product for B two B and for podcasting. I mean, let's say you want to target you know the ultimate guest. You guys have had a huge uh, guest list. Um, You know, so you know how it is. You get one big name guest, and they all just roll right in. So for those guests, it's worth spending like an hour or two. You know, an hour or two just drafting the perfect email.
3: Yeah, totally. So if you look at your breakdown now of the company's outreach efforts? What percentage is cold emails versus um, some other outlets?
4: So surprisingly, uh, especially over like the last six or seven months, as the word started to get out there a little bit, referral traffic has has shot up. We're getting a bunch of inbounds now. Um, We get upwards of 20 or more inbound emails a day, which is insane for a company of our size. That's Um, awesome. Yeah, but outbound is still cranking. I think we've, we've done it really well. Um, Wilson Pang is the founder. Uh, who you, you guys know him.
3: Yeah, um, yeah, I know Wilson.
4: Yeah. Uh, so he's been really good at building a team and just letting them do their things. So we have one guy that's just only doing cold emails, and we have another guy that's only dealing with inbound, and then we have another guy that, that's me that's just do, only doing brand building. So he's really good at building the silos and just hiring people that are crushing it in each one of those areas, not to hype myself up. <laughs> no, that's awesome. I meant for the other guy.
3: And I mean, that's what you have to do when you're getting started too, because you can't run everything. Like you have this tendency to want to control every aspect, um, but if you can bring people on that can just own it and run with it, you'll you'll grow so much faster.
4: Yeah, exactly. And now Wilson can focus on other stuff. Um, our big goal for this year, besides you know what everybody else is doing, our big goal for Wilson is to have him break us into the Chinese and Korean market. So now he's doing the night shift while everybody else on the team's doing the day shift.
3: <laughs> That's crazy. You guys are going around the clock?
4: <laughs> yeah. Um, it's been said, Wilson never sleeps.
3: <laughs> um, so have you guys thought about taking a lot of what you've learned from cold emailing and applying it to cold calling and actually getting on the phone with people?
4: So we used to get on the phone a lot more in person. Um, We found that uh, we don't want to take over the entire sales process for clients um, because there's too much that can go wrong and can break down. So we like clients to own at least some of the sales process. uh, So we wouldn't really do that. Um, In terms of getting people on the phone or doing research, like we have a team that, or some of our emailer guys, uh, David will call people from time to time as well. But emailing is is really where it's at. Um, You know, call the advice I like to give is call somebody after they respond to your email. That's a great time for a cold call. But don't spend your your days just cold calling people. Because you'll you'll spend a lot of time that could have easily could have more easily be spent um sending emails instead. Email so emails let people um emails let people opt in to contact. Whereas cold calls are just shaking people down unexpectedly, which I'm not a big fan of. Sometimes it works, but
3: yeah, that's an interesting way to look at it. I hadn't thought about it quite like that, but it makes a lot of sense. And it and it gives a lot more weight to that response that comes back from the email.
4: Exactly. Once you um once you buy in to someone by responding, "Yes, I'm interested," you're more likely to to keep going with the sale.
3: Yeah, totally. Um so Tell everybody where they can keep up with you online, and if they want to start working with Inspire Beats to help grow their leads, um, what can you do for them? Where can they find you?
4: Sure. So Inspire Beats offers two services. One is uh, lead generation. So if you've got a larger sales team, you already have your predictable revenue style system going, and you just want more and more like high quality leads, uh, we've got packages for that. And then we also have outreach, which is we send the emails, we do everything for you. And your salespeople just look up and they have appointments on their calendars. So you can find info on all of those on inspirebeats.com.
3: Awesome. Thanks for coming on, Alex. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Rocketship Podcast. If you enjoyed it, we have tons of other awesome episodes on our website. Check them out, Rocketship.fm.
0: And while you're there, make sure you sign up for our newsletter. We're twice monthly. We send out actionable advice for entrepreneurs and exclusive links to AMAs with our guests. That's Rocketship.fm. Sign up today.